Damien. This is Ross. I hadn't realized we, we didn't start. That was a good 15, 20 minutes of just pure, solid banter, riffs. Great comedy gold. Like we always dish up time and, we, and, and time missed, again. We missed, we missed a boat. Nah, I, th- I think we still could jump on the boat. I, I think... I, we, we can get back on that pirate ship. I think the preamble was... It's um, all I got. Nah, you got you got more. <coughs> oh God, you, Ross is still recovering from COVID. We're fresh off the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Another year done and dusted, Ross. And you can tell in our voices that there's maybe a little bit of less sadness this year. Um, well, they chucked they chucked me a chucked me a bone. They gave the real Rossi bone. They didn't give me an award, but they gave me a bone that says, you've been nominated for an award. And you know what? That's good enough for us. Honestly. I'm, I'm living vicariously through him. I said us. <laughs> I mean, I did hold the laptop. I mean, should we start from the beginning? <laughs> okay, go start from the beginning. The people want to know. The, 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 the journey from... Most we hated show. Yeah. <laughs> what the most hated show. I mean, unless you're Steve well, Bennett. Yeah, I mean, some people hated it. I mean, but Steve Bennett hates everything. Yeah. I feel like we should play the journey while you tell the journey. <laughs> All right. Imagine, I mean, I don't have the tech to be able to do that, but I, but I will do something in post. Tell the story. You're gonna sing the journey song? No, no, no. Let's just go straight to the story. No, you're gonna sing it. He was just a small town boy. Okay, it doesn't have to be that loud. Okay, well, I don't know how to do it any other way. Maybe you tell the story and I'll sing it. Okay. Just a small town girl. Oh, with that fuck. Really screwed it up anyway. Um. So, the year was 2022. People needed something to believe in again. Artists need something to inspire boy. towards. That's where Ross joy. Purdy came in. Ross, with his harebrained antics and absurdity, came up with a show called Hey Hey It's Doomsday. The show was a mishmash of cameos he'd gotten that were mainly designed to insult the people who agreed to do them <laughs> without them knowing. I think two of them. Two of them are most insulting, and then the other two... <laughs> the other two are kind of just nice. Yeah. You're kind of just paying homage to their work. <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, he he made a real good show for the Comedy Fest. Um, and it had its ups and downs, like all good shows. Opening night, none of the tech worked. I was like... 
the projector didn't work. We, we didn't get... I didn't know what I was going to do in terms of a projector. So I thought I was going to borrow it from someone who already had an act at the same venue. But then my tech, Michael, thank God, he re just recently bought himself a projector. So we used that. But we couldn't get to, on the first night. We, we didn't do a proper tech run. If we were able to do a proper tech run, we might have been able to get through this sooner. But rehearsals are for cowards. Exactly. We've always said that. Overheated, you know, over-rehearsed piece of crap, you know? Exactly. You want to live in the moment. That's where the comedy is. So the QLab didn't sync up properly with the projector, and it couldn't play any videos. And this show... You need to see the videos. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense if you cannot see the videos. The concept of the show, you're going to do it again. So, I mean, like, is it going to spoil it? Not really. Not really. I mean, yeah. If you've read, if you've read the, if you're listening to this podcast, you've already seen it. Yeah, pretty or, much. Already, pretty much know what it's about. Yeah. So Ross is kidnapped by an evil fascist dictator called the General, who makes him perform for him to save his life. Right. So the General. Is this like this man that looks like he, he's? I mean, it was probably it was only filmed a few months ago, but I don't think he's in, with us anymore. <laughs> like this guy, there's every well, everyone was focused on Gilbert Godfrey. We'll get to that. Yeah, but this is the guy that <laughs> he definitely he died probably died two weeks before Gilbert Godfrey. He <laughs> probably <laughs> died on opening night. I know I did. He probably Hi -oh. <laughs> he he probably wore he probably. Walked out of your shed. I don't know. No, you filmed it at Storyville. Yeah, that yeah. one. He probably walked out of Storyville into that alleyway, just carked it there straight after straight after he did that performance of the general for you, Purdy. Well, he took a wrong turn and ended up at the gay lounge. The what? What lounge? It's like a gay lounge. Oh, is there? In that same street? In that same alleyway. It's like literally across from Storyville. Really? What's it called? Is it just called Gay Lounge? <sighs> I, I can't remember. Spartacus or something? Something really manly like that. Isn't it that stalactites where you can eat food? Could be. I no, think that's you, just a restaurant. You just go to stalactites and <laughs> then you go to this place. Just no, and Michael looked it up one night. Oh, really? and was like, what is this place? And then we saw two women just confused and then they walked up and then we were like, well, they're going to get a shock. <laughs> Did they? They probably would have loved it. Do you have yeah Spartacus? So That's so great. so opening oh, night. I imagine like really beefy Greek men who like have just eaten savlakis from stalactites, and then want and they're like, I am Spartacus. <laughs> They'll just start yelling that. No, I am. And then they just bang. So that would be more family friendly, <laughs> except it? the banging part. <laughs> Everything leading up to the banging part. It's fine. All right, back to the story. Back to the story. It's opening night. Projector well, wait, wasn't... I think we didn't get even past the general. Like, the general, Ross catfished. How old was he? He must have been 90. <laughs> like, this guy must have been 90. He had that coloration on his face where you're like, oh, better make sure the last will and testament's in place. <laughs> he's, like, he's probably 70 or something. Yeah, well, he, he looked 90. Oh. Anyway, it doesn't matter. 
He anyway, Ross catfished some. I didn't some, catfish you him. He catfished him. He catfished him off Star Now. And this man was having an aneurysm trying to read Ross's <laughs> Ross's like prose because it's such a stylized style of comedy that this guy's like having an aneurysm trying to read the words Ross has written. And you can see it in the show. You can see it in his face. He's struggling to be like, you, Ross Purdy, are an annoyed <laughs> to my tuchus. <laughs> He had trouble with the word tukas, and that's the most easy to understand piece of slang. Yeah, well, that's an actual phrase and slang used widely in pop culture. And he, yeah, he struggled with that one. Anyway, Ross catfished. I didn't catfish anyone. (laughs) You catfished him. I only catfished two people, and those were the cameos. Okay, well, no, you actually were very honest with him to get his performance. Anyway, this guy, for way too little money... (laughs) Dressed up as an evil dictator and had captured Ross for for the show and Ross had to perform to 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 stay alive. Prove my worth, pretty much. Yeah. And then the general doesn't understand me and then the whole thing's a metaphor for my standing in the In the comedy scene and, <laughs> and the world as a whole. Pretty much. It's actually very smart and very deep, but uh but also a lot of bum jokes. So something for everyone. <laughs> I mean <laughs> What is it? Comedy was very horny this year. Is it? That was a big thing, right? Horny comedy's in. Oh. It's all about how horny you are. Really? How much you want to fuck. Is that a style of stand-up? Apparently it is now. It's a style of comedy. Wait, who? who what, other, what other stuff was horned-up comedy? Mmm... Horny department. Oh yeah, horny department's horny department. Yeah, that's them. Their pool court was unrelentingly horny. Oh. And I'm like, well, is it funny though? You know what? I've never laughed while I'm horny. That's it's, the problem. <laughs> it's not about how many laughs you get. It's how many boners you pop. Everyone's always said this, Ross. <laughs> you learnt it when you bought that rainbow G banger last year. And, and then one up the ante and bought purple lingerie yeah you get it you're tapped into the the horny zeitgeist tapped into the zeitgeist okay yeah projector wasn't working yeah yeah how did we we've taken a long time to get into <laughs> to like get to the point just your opening night it wasn't working we're like what are we gonna do the show's it's already half an hour the show should have started already everything was running late that night and so you just stepped in and said i'll just come out Every time the video comes out, in the back of my head, I'm like, can't we just fucking cancel this? <laughs> but you actually had a pretty good crowd. You had like a whole bunch of artists and it was a preview anyway and everyone stuck around and there was like a good 20, 20 people in there that night as well. Half of them walked out. The Velso, they got a free show. We just let anyone in, right? Yeah, I mean that... I mean, they, were, the, they were drunk off our asses. Look, the two people, I don't think half of them walked out. There was like... It was like nine. Apparently, <laughs> no, it wasn't. Some of them left before it started because it was taking long to start. And then, like the, t- I told two girls off because they were just real drunk. Like, oh, is this the woman that was yelling about? Yeah, she was like, I don't understand what he's saying. Speak English. 
Like, yeah. Ross, Ross got racially abused for not speaking English <laughs> when he was speaking English. <laughs> like, that's the insane thing. Like, Ross is a white man and, and he got racially vilified. <laughs> because... It, and she was yelling about, I want my uterus rented out. <laughs> Here's the problem. This was a late night comedy show, but you can't really be super drunk for it because you'll miss so much. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, it'll be, sure, it'll be funny if you're drunk, but, like, also you will... Not even. It will just, everything yeah. will just move so fast and you won't understand anything It that's moves happening. fast for people who are sober. Exactly. So could you imagine if you're, like, super pissed? Yeah, it's a time. Anyway, so yeah, opening night. So that was it. It was a freaking nightmare to perform, but God, gosh darn it. I did it. I did it because of you, Damien. Well, you made it happen. I'm happy to help. You made it happen. You wrote a fucking awesome show. We, I ripped the band-aid off. Yep. It was a mighty big band-aid covering a big wound. <laughs> the but wound I, wouldn't sink with the Q-Lab. But aren't you glad you did it? Because you got one extra run under the belt. And then a couple of days later, a judge came in. And it was just that much more polished. And you nailed it. And he loved it. And Ross got nominated for the only award that really matters. The Golden Gibbo. Yeah. The award they give to the best independent show that also bucks trends, uh, is independent in spirit and in... Just in general, just an independent production, and is not concerned with any commercial lure. Just a, the artist's <laughs> vision, which is like, well, I've I, been that I think you would have won it if you didn't sell out on the horny front. They're like, this guy is just like everyone else, just trying to get boners over laughs. <laughs> that was the problem. <laughs> if you had just maybe. I don't know, like a silk dressing gown over the lingerie, made it a bit more tasteful, maybe some fishnets, cover up a little bit. They would have been like, you know what? There is artist, more artistic integrity in this. Did I tell you about the real drunk guy that came up on stage one night? Oh, man. I feel like I didn't tell you. No, not, not to the full extent. I, I could see you'd kind of blocked it out. <laughs> It was fucked. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what happened? So it was a very responsive crowd. It wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad type of response. Yeah. I mean, it was, hand it was able to handle it. They kind of tipped over to the point of being too much sometimes. Yeah. But it was, it was still fine. But then, during this big moment where I have an earnest monologue, <laughs> a guy... Super drunk was coming at me from the back of the room. And he's like, oh, dude, I just want to give you a hug. I just want to give you a hug, man. And then he come on the stage and I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? <laughs> this is fucked. <laughs> he's like, this, this is the worst time to do it, too. Because I don't have the balaclava on. This man did a whole show just to get a hug. And I'm going to give him one. No, you haven't paid attention at all. Really? Just, just pinging? He was... Oh, man, he was so... And it was a Tuesday, too. I mean, that bar that you did that show in as well. Like, that's a notorious, like, hospo, drunken hangout spot. Like, people go there to get messed up and hook up. 
This guy was messed up. And he wanted to hook up. That's why he, <laughs> he stormed the stage. Well, here's the thing, right? And even if the audience was like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Get off. And he's like, okay, okay, I'll get off. I'll get off. And he'd lie I'm down. trying on, to get off. He'd lie down on the stage. And it's like, I'll just roll off the stage. I'll just roll off the stage. He starts rolling into the crowd. He stole a Ross Purdy bit. <laughs> he lied down and died on the stage and didn't move. That's <laughs> he, what I'm hearing. Well, he did move. Okay, well, he, added, he didn't commit. He, he added something. Well, and all his stuff fell out, like his wallet. <laughs> what? And his phone. His phone just went clank on the stage. It broke. Did it? Yes. Oh, my God. And I'm just like, well, that's your problem. It's not me. <laughs> Is this, is this where you didn't have to claim under performer's liability insurance for breaking a man's phone in a performance? He broke his own phone. Fuck. <laughs> people are insane. It's so fucking weird. It was a weird run overall. All the ups and downs. There was a lot of the downs were down, but the ups were up. Right? And then you got... I got a bunch of drunken bogans coming in one night. Oh, good. And the same night a reviewer was in there and took the side of the drunken bogans <laughs> <laughs> over the performer. <laughs> kind of a twat move. Yeah. See, my, my stand-up show, by comparison, was very tame. I mean, like, I guess I'm pretty in control the whole time. Some weird thing about stand-up is, like, they're just scared of you. And you're like, I don't know what that's about. Well, if that happened to a stand-up, you can kind of call them out on it a bit more. If oh yeah! Do, if you're doing like a character comedy, you're like, how the fuck do I? Yeah, well, you, how do yeah. I respond to this yeah, in character? Yeah, because you need to do it in character. It adds such another layer. Like that one late night party boys show where that Sydney trucker, like, was just heckling us the whole time, and we actually dealt with him pretty well for like three quarters of the show, and the end he got kicked out. He stuck his finger in. He stuck his finger in your nose. Yeah, he did. I mean, that was a sketch show with different sketches. It's very hard to interact with those. Yeah. And then he... Look, I'm not I a... I mean, we got him back. I'm not a, I'm not a drunk idiot. We've been through this, I believe. Yeah, I think we've definitely covered this before. So just listen to all previous episodes. It'll yeah, just come get up. yourself catched up, uh, caught up. Ugh. I, don't just, I just don't get getting super wasted at a comedy show and talking to it. I get super wasted, at, uh, like, if it's a bad comedy show to make it good. Or if it's, like, something that's going to be, like, anyone can understand this. It takes no mental capacity. It's, yeah, if it's, if it's like, a very lowbrow, two-dimensional comedy show, sure, get drunk. You're not going to miss anything. But if it's something that, like, any amount of effort's been put into, like, you should probably have your wits about you. Um, yeah. I, mean, I was just imagining these people at home, just watching things at home. I wouldn't want to watch things with them. <laughs> if they're just getting wasted and just talking to the thing. <laughs> Isn't that Gogglebox? <laughs> Isn't that a whole TV show that was based off that concept? Oh, God, you're right. <laughs> God, out. Ross is just like, surely society's better than this. I and mean, I'm like, no. Nope. It's the COVID brain fog. I forgot how bad. <laughs> You Our industry is. Yeah, you forgot what people are like. You forget there's a whole TV show dedicated to everything you stand against and hate. <laughs> I'm sure there's a mi- and it's successful. There's ten. <laughs> there's ten shows about d- different things that I'm 
against and I hate. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, hey, that's Australia. I got retweeted by Will Anderson, of all people, or his management. <laughs> I think he manages his own Twitter. I think so, too. I think so. Yeah, the, repl- the reply seemed like it was him. Yeah. Uh, he retweeted me when I added some extra shows because of the giveaway on. Mm. And uh, his number one fan is also my number one non-fan. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And she was, uh, have you seen this show? Well, she hadn't seen the new show. Well, that's the interesting she thing. She saw you five years ago. Six years ago. Six. This was pre-Trump. <laughs> Everyone it, was different, Ben. It was a different world. You can't hold him Well, up. that's the thing, right? We live in this world, we live in this culture that, like, writes people off immediately. Yeah. I mean, Squirrel Comedy tweeted something that's like, I retweeted it just as a kind of, Look at this shit I have to deal with still. <laughs> Just yeah. as kind of... Who who was it? Who manages that one? Uh, Colin Flaherty or Lisa Clark or something. Yeah. Oh, just like, find it bizarre that Ross Perdy and Geraldine Quinn are nominated for the same award. And I'm just like, well, they you, fucking, you haven't seen any of my shows since my debut show, so F off. Well, didn't they say, but somehow I get it? There wasn't like a nice part to the end. <laughs> You just missed that. <laughs> You're just like... It hey. wasn't nice. It was backhanded. <laughs> oh, really? It felt backhanded. I sort of get it. But also, <laughs> I don't. Like, why would I need, feel the need to tweet this out? Yeah. I mean, it is an interesting tweet. Because, like, it's burning someone, right? And I guess they go for the easy target. Because they're not smart. Right? I mean, Geraldine Quinn's a very successful comic. And you're nobody, Purdy. Yeah, I had, I had a terrible show in 2016. And I guess people don't... They're just, u- they're just used to people not changing. I had someone come up to me at Festival Club and apologize <laughs> on the last night. They said, I saw that first show and I wrote him off as a performer and a person forever. But I saw he got nominated and obviously I am wrong. <laughs> And he apologized to me because I was like at the start of the festival, I'm like, you got to see this show. It's going to get nominated for something. And he ate his own words. I don't even know who this guy is. Yeah. Who cares? Doesn't matter. Ross is big time now, baby. Um, Comedy well, Fest was, was, yeah, good time. I will say this. Yeah. <clears throat> this was going to be my Gibbo speech if I won. <laughs> so, All right. At least we can hear it now. Exclusive just, content. You can you can steal this for the for your Patreon too. Oh, by the way, I'm going to put the full show up on Patreon. Oh, excellent. Oh, yeah, because you got it filmed and everything. Yeah. I might release a couple of clips. Like, yeah. Just for, for the, the normies. Public, but for the full thing, you got to yeah, pay up. You got to pay to play. All right. Okay, here's my. It was a good, this was going to be my speech, and I think it sums up my comedy career up to that point. <laughs> <clears throat> Just imagine me with an American flag, all bloodied and bruised. <laughs> you, you, did you bring an American flag to the 
I Awards? Didn't. You didn't? Okay. I think I had an Australian flag. Okay. Well that probably probably more appropriate. Yeah, that makes more sense. <laughs> we all know I don't go for what makes the most sense. Um, or what the, makes the most... There's an eternal logic. Yeah. Myself, there, there's some logic. You've already had a walkout since this speech started, Ross. Get to it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've seen a lot of people out there tonight hating me. I didn't know how to react to that. So I guess I hated you, too. But I failed to change this festival. I failed to change, and if I could change, and then you can change, then we all can change. It's the eye of the tiger, it's the feel of the fight. Which Rocky is that? It's Rocky Four. Okay. It's the Ivan it's the Oh uh, the Eye of the Russian one. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably the best one, I reckon. I will kill you. That's what he says, right? Yeah. Oh, I will crush you. Oh yeah, I will crush you. If he dies, he dies. See, Oh, the and, comedy. Then uh, that, and then they've got that like weird 80s technology where he's like punching something and it's me- measuring his like the force. I'm like, is, is that a real thing? Surely it probably does exist. His pound per square inch is out of this world. But also, I think it sums up my career at that point. I felt a lot of hate. I didn't know how to react to that, so I think I hated them. But there's a change coming. And I already felt the change. There you go. Well, I know you felt like you got, you've been just hit in the face, comedy fest after comedy fest. But I've literally got hit in the face this comedy fest. This is a good transition. And it's not fun. It's not. You think it, it was no, no running up the stairs, no Rocky theme. No Rocky for me. I just got hit in the face some more. <laughs> just <laughs> I, one night at the festival, I was dropping Ross back off to his car. And this was on a Monday. Was it a Monday? Yeah, it was a Monday. It was a Monday. Yeah, we had the day off and we were seeing shows. The awards announcement had just coming up, so we were riding up on a high. Yeah, we were talking about how great it is, how the future it looks bright. And just when I'm sitting in a car... Minding my own goddamn business, some like tweaked out Greek man opens my car door while I'm parked, obviously thinks I'm someone else, starts yelling at me, don't you ever do that again, don't you ever fucking do that again. And then, like, I'm going to do this, only do this once. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to only tell you this once before I fucking kill you. Maybe not that. Maybe that was like a bit over dramatic. But he said something very threatening. And then he It sl- was threatening. I don't Then think he slapped my face. Yeah. I'm sitting in my car. He slapped my face. And then I then I had to call the cops and I was like kind of stalking him in my car just to The cops are pathetic. My friend who works in emergency th- services are like, Yeah, they don't really rush unless like you're in like life threatening danger. And I'm like well, yeah, sure, there's, like, not rushing, and then there's, like, turning up an hour after it happened when the guy's fucking, you know, God knows where by then. Anyway, I had to make a police report, and he slapped in the face in my own damn car. 
Oh, boy. And honestly, I was so busy that I suppressed that memory until, like, probably just a few days ago. Well, there's no time for self-care no. in this biz. That's, that's no matter how many times artists will make a big, long post about it on social media. Yeah. There's no time for it. Yeah. Anyway. You know what? It wasn't that bad. Uh, just glad it didn't escalate. <laughs> yeah. Well, I keep a baseball bat with a nail in it in the back of my car now. And I don't play baseball. <laughs> with a nail in it and you play, use that to play baseball. You got to put the nail in the baseball. You got to put the nail in the ball. Nail and ball. You, and then you get, and then Imagine you get, just hitting it and the ball just gets stuck to the bat. And then like it's just like the bat falls down. It's like a bunt. And then if the, the ball's just like nailed to this bat and they're, they're trying to throw the ball, but they got to get it off the nail that's on the bat. And then they're just running with this bat. Or throwing this bat to the base. It's actually it's meant to be a test of strength. So if you gets if it gets caught in the nail, you gotta swing it again. And if you're any good, hmm. it'll just come right out. But if go. you don't, and it does, and it just stays there, and you're a piece of shit. Hmm. You know why? <coughs> yeah. Insane times. What else has been happening? What were we talking about before this? I don't think I nailed Steve Bennett enough. <laughs> so every seems like every few years I make a new reviewer enemy. <laughs> it's all in your head. They're not your enemies. <laughs> he's already forgotten about it and he's like living my head rent free. Living in my head rent free. <laughs> Hello, some mothers... This isn't some mothers do have him. He's British. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I, only, I only found out about him this year, but apparently he's very widely hated. He was at the awards. Oh, was he? I saw him trying to weasel out. He looks like the stuffy villain in the kids' movie. Oh, I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, he does look like a reviewer. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Why did he get invited to those things? I don't know. He must be like... Because he, he judges the Raw Comedy fi National Final too. Oh, so he... Ah, uh, that makes sense. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, I guess like... Yeah, that makes sense. He clearly took offense to my show slamming against the entire Australian comedy industry. Well, I don't know. I didn't see his critiques. I yeah. saw the opening where he's like, oh, bloody good, he wore that pink balaclava. You wouldn't want to be seen after that. I'm like, okay, I know every single thing that's in this <laughs> like, review. This is not going to be a five star. <laughs> like, <laughs> I already know every single thing you're going to write in this review. I don't need to read it. Yeah, that's very smart. That is self-care, Purdy. You are practicing self-care. You know what's more self-care? What? If I got a five star review talking about how genius I am. Got an award nomination. Why isn't that enough? That's pretty good. It's never enough. Did any no funny ton no. people come? Maybe I'm just brand listed from that. Because <laughs> <laughs> the Will Anderson super fan saw me on a funny ton. And she said something about my show not being a safe space. 
Is that the day, day you threw the orange? Every day was the day I threw the orange <laughs> in that show. <laughs> also, I yelled. What have you got against vitamin C? Also, I yelled and she didn't realize I was in character. So she, it was just... Did, like, did look, I tell you... It I looked t- like some whack guy yelling. Dude, did I... I told you about that night that I was... When I watched that show, right? It's like one of the funniest, weirdest experiences. So there's like this art critic guy, right? Sitting in front of me. And he's like with these two girls. And they're like, look like fancy sort of art people. They're having a conversation. Because in your, in your show description, it obviously mentions like it's absurdist and it's absurdism and it's comedy. And, you know, like, yeah. And they're like talking about like, Absurdist, I love absurdist comedy. It is just like it pushes the boundaries and it just like challenges you in a way. I'm very much looking forward to what whatever this young comic has to offer. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then you start performing, and he turns to his like his his friends and he's like, oh, I don't know what's happening here. I think a homeless person's broken in. <laughs> I I hope someone does something about this. I just I just it looks easy. Uh, d- uh, yes, I something something needs to be done. I, um, <laughs> <laughs> so the show started. I mean, that's one of the most truly perfect absurd moments, right? If you if you don't believe what you're watching, <laughs> like I mean, to be fair, that's kind of what I aim for. <laughs> Kind of a mind fuck. <laughs> I mean, I think, I, think, I think I do a better job of it now than I did then. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, no one thinks you're a homeless person that's broken in and squatting on a stage <laughs> for an hour. Well, I've got... That's I've your got, next show? I've got a mask on now. So oh, okay, yeah, People yeah, are so just like... I don't know. They think they're going they're to a Tism tribute show or something. Or you're robbing them of their time. See, if he wrote that in the Chortle review, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. It's probably too witty. Maybe. I don't know. Nah, it's not that witty. I don't have to pat myself on the back that much. But, I mean, you know, reviewers aren't meant to be creative. That's why they're reviewers. If they were, if they had talent, they'd be on the stage, goddammit. Well, it's an interesting thing because it's almost... It is like this sort of absurdism we do... I'm put. I'm putting late night party boys in now. Oh yeah, uh, um, it's almost just not really made for critics. Mm. You know, you just read like a bunch of reviews for like really out there movies, and they always get lambasted. Yeah, <coughs> but you know what? I was like, I was searching the other day for like some late night party boys thing, and I found like a really nice review that we just never read. <laughs> Where was this? I, I, I was. It was. Oh, I can't even. I think I'm it was not a, saying we're entirely review proof. proof <laughs> but like the type of people who usually write reviews aren't really our audience. Yeah, I'd say that's probably pretty accurate. I don't know. I think. I mean, you don't want to make judgments on demographics, but also you know, kind of have to. <laughs> Because that's called marketing. I honestly think we've probably be well. I mean, we've definitely gotten better over the years, and our stuff is more polished and accessible now. Like you know, probably honestly, some of the reviews 
Wait, I guess like some of the some of the things I read back one of the reviews and I'm like, you know what? That's probably pretty fair to say because we were probably too smart for our own good in some points. That was squirrel comedy. Yeah, I read that one. Yeah, that it was, was a, Colin Flaherty. That was a nice one. Kind of backhanded, but yeah, it's the most nice he's ever been of anything I've been in. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, maybe the tie's turning. Yeah, but it was like one of those things where it's like, yeah, that's probably I, fair. I, I remember that review. It wasn't like, there was some, I think it was, it was, I can respect a review where there's actually fair critiques. Yeah. Like, oh, this goes on a little long and they're kind of handed the point. And I'm like, but that's that, fine. Yeah. But then there was some sketches where that was the joke as well. I do remember and him. Then, he kind of missed the point of our goggle box. What was it? That's Bachelor Unpacked parody. Oh, yeah, yeah, We thought yeah. we were commenting on sketch shows, but we were more commenting on... Oh, them. he just didn't get the reference because he's old. That's the thing. He's like 97 years old. He has an iron lung. <laughs> <laughs> and look, to be fair, it was really difficult to concentrate on stage with that fucking iron lung just heaving. <laughs> It's like, I'm trying to get into the zone as a performer and I can hear like, I don't want to like brush broad strokes because of course there's been plenty of people from all sorts of demographics that like our stuff. But if I need, if I needed to now narrow down the audience, it's always kind of dank looking 20 somethings. <laughs> if I was a dank, I don't know how else to describe him. <laughs> kind of old looking. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, people with personalities. Yeah, yeah. People who want to see new things. Yeah, want that comedy crack cocaine. That sniffer jiffy. Good stuff. Well, I mean, clearly, I got nominated for an award, so next year I'm clearly. <laughs> Gonna be playing Hamer Hall. <laughs> well, it's put people know who you are now. I think you'll probably get a bunch more in next year because of it. I mean, yeah, I think it helps. I'm actually was thinking about. Well, do I want to keep the pink mask? I think I do. Yeah, I think I'll keep it. It's a good device. I can also take it off, and it'd be easy to make little out of character comments if I just take it off. Yeah. It'd, be more, it'd be more easier to say, like, yeah, I know this is weird. If I have more of a line between the character and mm. myself. I don't know. Yeah. Visually, it it's also a, a, it's a gimmick, but, you know, gimmicks. Gimmick sell. Yeah. Gimmick sell. Um, I mean, as soon as anyone's just like, you know Ross Purdy, and they're like, no, oh, the guy in the pink battle club, oh, that guy, they'll know you straight away. Yeah. It's... Actually, not a bad branding device in general. So, uh, I think it might be here to stay. I think it might be. Except if you want to see my face for the whole show, I'm not doing it for LMPB. So. Yeah. <laughs> because that's like a whole other thing. It's a different It's a different show. Ross. It's a different Ross Purdy. There are many layers to There's Ross different Purdy. Ross Purdy's. Ross Purdy's like an onion. You peel back one layer, that's... It's one skin. Well, I see it more as <laughs> how there's different, there's different Tim Heideckers. Oh, yeah. There's like Tim Heidecker of Tim and Eric. Yeah. And then there's Tim Heidecker of On Cinema with Greg Turkington. Mm. And then there's the more sincere Tim Heidecker who does music. 
He's just kind of, he's just like I'm too lazy to change my name. But they're, <laughs> like, but they're like different characters. Yeah, that's fair. People can be lots of things in different contexts. And that's the heartfelt message. Uh, identity this. is important. And that was the message of my show, kind and of. And identity is fluid. You can change your identity. If you start off with everyone hating you, you can eventually, you work hard and take a lot of shit. Eventually, you can kind of get that turned around with an award nom. I think that was the point of today's show. You can get some validation for hard work. That's almost positive. It is. It's very good for us. <laughs> it's very good. We'll it's take a very it. heartfelt message. We'll take it. I, I actually feel less angry since it happened. <laughs> Unlike Me too. Even though I got slapped in the face. It's done horrific things for my relations with Greek people. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to slap me? You're going to slap me, Greek man? Now I can't look at a man is that next with a year's tan and a mo. <laughs> is that next year's late night party boy show? <laughs> I'm sloppy Greek man. <laughs> 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 I slap a su- su- slap a souvlaki out of your hand, and then I slap your face. That's more Italian, isn't it? <laughs> ah, God, Mediterranean. Anyway, I'm not. I'm I'm boycotting kebabs. I'm boy uh, souvlakis. Sorry, uh, you can't do that. I'm boycotting bloody souvlakis. You can't do that until I get an apology <laughs> from the Greek community. From the goddamn Greek community, you made this monster. <laughs> He's out in the streets, busting into people's cars and giving them warnings for things they didn't do and slapping them. <laughs> I'm slapping Greek, man. I do <laughs> I do an important job. I go over people's cars. I slap them. I warn them for things that they might have done. <laughs> I threaten them. It's restorative justice. Juve, you stared at a woman's chest for too long. Slap! Juve, you didn't lodge your tax returns in time. Slap! Wait, I did lodge it in time. Well, that's why they would slap you. Greeks hate paying taxes. (laughs) That's why their country's bankrupt. I ain't paying no taxes. (laughs) I only watch Wog Boy 2 King of Mykonos. I've paid my dues. (laughs) You try watch that thing on repeat. Then there's a big revelation that Slappy Greek Man is just Nick Giannopoulos falling on hard times. Now he's a hit man. <laughs> he's just paid to hit people. <laughs> he doesn't murder them. He just, just like slaps them. The Greek underworld. No, no, we're not going to kill anyone, but uh, <laughs> send a message by slapping them, maybe. <laughs> that would... That would actually be a brilliant movie where you're a hitman in training, so you need to get close to your subject, but you're you're in training, so you just slap him. And then, but everyone knows who you are, and they they are they're after you. You see, Barry would be a different show if instead of shooting people, he was just slapping people. I think we've all learned something today. That. Sometimes when you get award nominations, your friend gets slapped by a Greek man. Is that that's, the message? If that's what it took to get you recognition, <laughs> I would get a slap it in the face again. Anyway, we've been Late Night Party Boys. It's good to be back.